Just before we get into today's episode, we wanted to let you know this will be our last episode for the next month as I'm off traveling to Canada. I know, don't be jealous, but don't worry, we will be back in your ears on September 20th with a new episode, so mark your calendars. Hello everyone, welcome to this week's episode of It's a Definite Maybe, a podcast for those of you who are just trying to figure it all out with your co-hosts Stella and Rosie. Off the back of recent allegations that have been raised against Lizzo, this week we're asking the question, is it possible to separate the artist from the art? We also go over some other examples of this happening with celebrities such as Michael Jackson and JK Rowling. So at the time that we're recording this, which is actually not that far before it goes up. No, which is rare for us. Yeah, it's very unusual. We There's been a lot floating around the internet around Lizzo and all of these allegations that mm. have been made by past dancers, I think, in particular. Yeah, I think it was three past dancers who were mm-hmm. suing f- a toxic workplace. Yes. Yeah, so there are a bunch of allegations. We won't go into them. We'll link to some resources mm-hmm. if you aren't aware of We are not journalists, so no. go to those sources. No. And it's not TikTok. TikTok is not a journalistic source. Correct. It's Just a saying. great place for people to share their opinions <laughs> on things. However, it is not a source of facts. No. Yes. So anyway... <laughs> So it kind of got us thinking about this idea of being able to separate the artist from the art. Mm, A big conversation. Yeah, because it's happened a lot where musicians or actors or someone in the public eye has done something kind of terrible Yeah, or has been the centre of allegations that don't really paint them in that favourable of a light. And there's been all of this back and forth about, oh, well, do we have to boycott that person or, oh, I can't listen to their music anymore, I've got to get rid of my merch or, you know, there's this kind of dissonance, I guess, that happens when you really love an artist's work but the artist themselves has been a little bit disappointing in terms of their behaviour. Yeah, and I think especially in the age of where people are so quick to boycott, it's like so quick to cancel. Yeah. I think one that I struggle with is JK Rowling and Harry Mm. Potter before we get into a lot of the Lizzo stuff is that she's obviously a horrible person and I don't know her personally but based on the transphobic tweets she released I don't know when it was a couple of years ago maybe I think it was was a while ago I was like oh okay she's cancelled in my eyes I don't back anyone that's transphobic but it didn't once cross my mind to stop watching Harry Potter because Harry Potter is a comfort movie for me. It's one of my favorite series ever. But for me, it was just, oh, yeah, I can watch Harry Potter and love Harry Potter and not be a J.K. Rowling fan. But there was someone on my Facebook who I used to be connected with who was like, if you keep watching Harry Potter, I'm going to have to block you because I can't back someone who supports transphobic art. Mm. And I'm like, what? Like I didn't realize mm. just because you like the music or the show or the movie or the book that it necessarily meant you support the artist or the creator and Mm -hmm. such a tough delineation to come to that because with Lizzo I saw these allegations and I 
I'm sure I was not the only person that was a little bit surprised because she's Mm. built such a platform and a voice of being very inclusive and Mm -hmm. positive and changing a lot of these negative associations so many of us have and giving voice to so many minority Mm -hmm. communities that I thought, oh, this has got to have more to it. I Mm. really don't believe that she would be X, Y, Z, whatever they are what the allegations are Mm. and my immediate thought was definitely not oh I'm going to stop listening to her my thought was Mm. oh I just want to wait to see how this unfolds and it was a very different reaction to for example say with Will Smith I was like oh Mm. okay we don't like someone Mm. that uses violence to solve issues yeah well it's really interesting because I think for me the thing with Lizzo is it was just disappointing yeah, I guess because she has built her platform around raising people up, empowering women, standing up for people who are minorities or who don't typically have a voice and, you know, really raising people up and preaching these positive values. And so the allegations that were made against her were in direct conflict with that. And I think as someone who has built her brand around that, I think Mm -hmm. there was an aspect for me personally of, wow, that's really disappointing if that's true. And I know it is really tricky because there's a lot of perspective that comes into it and it's this whole thing about eyewitness testimony is really damning but also it's super unreliable as well because people's memories are different and how people experienced a situation and can use language to explain that situation Mm -hmm. as well can play up or play down certain aspects of it. And so I think it's really tricky when it becomes a matter of he said, she said because – yeah. How do you how do you determine what's true and what's not unless there's you know video evidence of something being said and it's kind of re- reasonable to assume beyond a shadow of a doubt yeah. that that was the intention behind something or even if it wasn't the intention behind it if it wasn't mean spirited in the first place that's how it came across and so it was disrespectful through the action or whatever was said so it's. It's it's such a tricky thing for me personally because I love Lizzo's music and seeing that was really disappointing and I'd been to her concert not that long ago and was wearing a a T-shirt of hers to bed, like the Lizzo merch that I'd bought at the (laughs) concert. And when I'd put it on the first time after hearing the allegations, it felt a little bit kind of icky. I don't know. It just, it felt a little bit disappointing. It was kind of tainted. Mm. Whether the allegations are true or not, I think the fact that they've been raised in the first place is kind of concerning. Yeah. But it's, it's just so hard. Like I'm in this very weird bubble of like, oh, I'm sure that they're fake and these Mm. people are just wanting to get money out of her or just have their moment in the limelight. But then- I have no idea what these Mm. people have gone through. Maybe they have suffered. Maybe they are the victim and they genuinely are deserving of having a trial or a case Mm. and getting paid out or whatever the resolution is. And it's very small-minded of me to think, oh, Lizzo's fine just because she's the one that has the big brand. She's Mm -hmm. got the bigger voice and the bigger limelight. Why does that actually make it true that she is like this? And Mm. it's such a hard thing to see someone that you – a door in the limelight that puts on one perception. But Mm. then in reality, they're actually very different. And I think 
Chris Brown is a big one. I think for mm. our age growing up, Chris Brown was like, oh, he's this cool musician or rapper or whatever he's defined as. Great, we love him. Not None of us knew until obviously the allegations or all the stuff came out with Rihanna that he was actually, what, a domestic violence yeah. abuser or abuser. And it's like, oh, oh, we didn't know that, but we put him on a pedestal. It's like mm. this goes for anyone, whether you're famous or not. You don't know what's going on behind closed doors and you can be one thing that you project to, mm. into society and be very different in your beliefs or at home. But it's just it feels like you almost get lynched by mm. the public if you are advocating or showing your support for I don't know, a musician, especially in this age of social media, especially when it is around someone mm. that's got allegations. Like I'm scared if I talk about Lizzo on my TikTok because I don't want to get people piling on be like, mm. how dare you, blah, 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 blah. And it's just yeah. like can't we also then just let people like what they like? And then this brings mm. us back to the question of the episode, separating the artist for the art. I think you can separate it, but I don't think you should need to justify yourself just because you're reading the book or listening to the music doesn't mean you support the artist's Mm. actions. Yeah, and it's a really interesting one because technically by buying tickets to movies and buying books or buying music or streaming, you are supporting the artist. Yeah, And so even though you are separating the artist from the art in your head, realistically what you're still doing is giving them money and supporting their livelihood. And I think the message that that can send is that it kind of doesn't matter how shitty of a person you are and what you do and what you say because if you reach a certain level of fame, you're invincible. No one can touch you and you'll still be fine and things will blow over and nobody will care because you're good enough at what you do. Yeah. So it's a really interesting conversation that I see a lot of people really grappling with. Yeah. In terms of the whole JK Rowling and Harry Potter thing, There's an interesting podcast that I've been recommended. I haven't listened to it, so I can't speak to the content of it in great depth. But it's The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling. And I think it actually, they interview her and talk to her about what it was like when she tweeted that and everything that kind of happened after that and her experience with the internet and trolls and all of this sort of stuff. And it's really, really fascinating to get some insight into her perspective. I think it's one of those things where when someone comes forward and brings their side of the story, particularly years on from something Mm -hmm. actually happening, part of me is a little bit curious because you do want to hear their perspective even if you think that they're a terrible person. But I think also you go into listening to a conversation like that, taking things with a grain of salt, because you already have this perception of who that person is and the events and all of that sort of stuff. But I think generally what we could afford to do is lay our emotions aside a little bit and approach situations with more empathy and more understanding and try and get an understanding of the circumstances or what was going Mm -hmm. on and the thought process. Absolutely. As opposed to having this snippet of something and not necessarily having the full story of what yeah. was going on. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the actions were justifiable. But if you understand more of what was going on, I feel like you can understand kind of how things got to the point that they did. 
That being said, I do think there are a lot of factors that come into whether or not it's easier or you can at all separate the artist from the art. Just kind of reeling some of them off that came to mind were the severity of the allegations, Mm -hmm. the nature of them in relation to the person's values in particular Mm -hmm. as well, whether they've been proven or not. I think that is a massive one. The amount of time that's passed since the allegations were made and like consistency of those allegations as well, like the volume of the allegations that have been made against them and their level of fame. I think the level of fame is a really interesting one. I would add to that as well the number of allegations or the number of instances, Mm -hmm. like a one-off thing, okay, this is the first time at least I have seen. if it's a pattern of behaviour. Lizzo, for example. Yeah, but if it's a pattern, I think Chris Mm. Brown had a pattern of history of abuse. But I I think there were multiple partners, weren't there? And that's when it's like, okay, you know what, that's not really forgivable. But a one-off, it's like, okay, maybe there is more to this. Yeah. Well, someone that came to mind when we were thinking about this for me personally was Michael Jackson. Mm. And I think that's a pretty massive one and really it, it interesting. calls into question a lot of the factors that I just mentioned. Definitely level of fame. Absolutely. Such it's a big like play. a perfect example of that. And you can really see in a lot of cases the dissonance and the cogs turning in people's heads because they're trying to grapple with the fact that this man literally defined a generation and a genre of music. What are they called? And King of Pop? The King of Pop. Yeah. Yeah. He did what no one had done before and brought this performance aspect to it and, you know, had this layers, these layers and depth of performance and he just brought this undeniable charisma to yeah. his performance and his art. And all of these allegations came out and there were so many people who were like, oh, I'm boycotting him and, you know, I'm not going to listen to his music anymore. And I think there were radio stations that said that they wouldn't play his music anymore and things like that. But there were a lot of people who said, well, yeah, he's a shit person or in theory he's a shit person, but his music is incredible and him as a performer and all of the things he's done for music and pop and yada, Mm -hmm. yada, yada that outweighs how he conducted himself behind closed doors. So I'm able to separate the artist from the art because I can enjoy what he created without it being directly tied to him as a person. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting with that and I'd almost want to extend to what happened with Balenciaga as well recently because it's not a person, Mm. it's a brand. And... The story behind Balenciaga is that they did a campaign photo shoot and they released the images and it was basically BDSM on children's toys and I think almost the sexualization of children as well, if I can mm-hmm. remember, and it was meant to be edgy and alternative and it didn't grow great. And the whole discourse was, oh, let's burn our Balenciaga bags. I'm not going to shop there anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw out my bags or items that I own from there and it feels almost easier to boycott something that is an inanimate object like a brand or a handbag Mm. versus the continuation of like an artist who has got values and personality Mm. and can be held accountable but it's interesting because Balenciaga is obviously a very 
famous brand. A lot of people would own this stuff, similar to how Michael Jackson is a very mm. well-known famous person. But I don't really know where I'm going with this. It's just in my head. Well, <laughs> on the note of like a brand versus a person, I think that's another really fascinating case where you kind of have to consider the differences there as well. Because I think with your support of a brand, you're wearing things that are branded. Yeah. You're more visibly supporting that brand yeah. rather than if you're listening to music, then it's kind of more, more behind private. the scenes. Yeah. And other people may not necessarily know that people you're People aren't going to know if I'm listening, listening to Lizzo. To that artist. Exactly. Or watching Harry Potter or reading Harry Potter. Yeah. Unless you're a brand that has come out like a bunch of radio stations did, like I mentioned before, with yeah. the whole Michael Jackson thing, where they said, we will not be playing Michael Jackson's music anymore on this radio station because it conflicts with our values. Yeah. That's very different then I think outwardly displaying support for a brand through not boycotting them because of things that they did. But at the same time, I think it's a similar sort of conversation here with separating a brand from the branded content or branded items. Yeah. Because what if I just, what if there's a Balenciaga bag that's my favorite bag ever and I've had it for years and it's the most well-made thing that I have and it goes yeah. with everything and you spent a lot you know, of money it's the on perfect it. thing. Yeah. Do I have to not use that just because I, I don't like what the brand stands for anymore? But I think for me personally, if I did have a Balenciaga bag that I loved, every time I wore it, I think I would kind of have in the back of my mind, ugh. You probably feel a little judged and that's the challenge with cancel culture and mm. how quickly we are to cancel artists, brands, whoever, even people by association. And there's an interesting thought I had was, do you remember the college admission scandal? Oh, my God, like, yes. A couple of years ago. So that was basically a bunch of like Nepo babies who had been admitted into very, what, uh, were they Ivy League colleges? I think or like they might have been Ivy ex- League. Expensive colleges in Prestigious the US. Prestigious colleges. Prestigious, that's what I was looking for. Um, under false pretenses, basically false falsified applications. But it wasn't the kids or the students that had done it. Mm-hmm. It was uh, this bunch of rich parents who had essentially, I think, bribed or paid off someone to mm-hmm. either allow them in or to fake the application. I don't remember how it goes. But the example that I think of is Laurie Lachlan, who was one of the parents who I think she was on Full House mm-hmm. from memory. She was one of the parents that basically paid someone off and mm-hmm. her two daughters, one of both of them being, I think, big influencers, they didn't know what was going on. But by association, they were mm-hmm. in this negative press and in this negative limelight. So brands cancelled them by association mm-hmm. because brands obviously have an image to uphold and – with council culture, so many people are like, ooh, no, we, we don't like them. How mm-hmm. how could she not know? Oh, my God, they're privileged and they have money. This is not the right thing and their values disagree. But then what, the daughters get punished and mm. lose their brand deals, like, you know, well was me, they're rich, whatever, they, they'll be, they've come back and been fine. But it's like why should they get punished for something mm. that someone else did that doesn't actually have anything to do with them? 
Yeah, that's a really, really interesting one because that is where there is kind of more of a grey area because they weren't... Not a one-size-fits-all. Yeah, they didn't (laughs) do the actions themselves that got them cancelled. They were just But it was the the... fact that they were associated with this entire situation and they benefited from it. They were collateral damage. Yeah. Wow. I know. I haven't even thought about that one. That's interesting. A, that's a really nice. I've literally really been nice writing stuff down since we've been recording this because I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> this. The other one, which is also by association, and this is very specific to ta- to Swifties, because there's good exes of Taylor Swift, <laughs> such as Taylor Lautner and Joe Jonas, and then there's bad exes oh, of is Taylor Joe Swift. Is Joe Jonas a good ex? Well, he's called Mister Perfectly Fine. I, I think they're Did whether he, or not he's a good or a bad ex. I don't actually break up with her in kind of a shady way. Okay, maybe he's not a good ex. I'm yeah, not a I great Swifty. Good ones, um, but I think they're amicable now. Mm. So we'll put him in the middle bucket. <laughs> but then there's obviously the 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 leader of the bad exes, Jake Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. um, who all too well is written about. And I again, I don't know much of actually why we don't like him. I just jump on the bandwagon mm. but it's a key example of oh we don't we, we're cancelling someone because someone told us to someone who is famous yeah. and that we adore not because we actually have any proof or know why we don't actually know their breakup history mm. or the breakup story but then in the same breath do we then hate taylor swift because she like broke tom hiddleston's heart and then i like I think had a very public breakup or some shit. Like she obviously was mm. not great to him. I don't know. It's a- another interesting, like, why do I hate this person? Like I literally said to my boyfriend the other day, I'm like, oh, we don't like Jake Gyllenhaal because we were watching a Spider-Man movie that he was in. And he was like, why? And I was like, I don't know. Tell us who said so. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really, really good point that you raise because <laughs> I think I'm it reminds a me a lot of when there's that couple at school that everyone loves together and then they break up and people you have to choose sides. You side with one person. Yeah, and you side yeah. with the person who's either, when you're at school, who's either more popular or who's the better friend. And so that instantly taints your view of the other person. Yeah. And I think when it comes to celebrities and being in the public eye, it's a really fascinating one because there's a lot to be said about PR and perception. Oh my god, can we talk about PR public apologies? Public apologies, (laughs) PR crisis management. Yeah, and the like current trend of doing like screenshots of your iPhone notes. notes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, well, I'd seen a couple of videos, which if I can find them, I'll link them in the show notes about the breakdown of the Lizzo apology from a PR perspective. And there's been a bunch of them, but I think this one in particular was a really well put breakdown. She's a PR crisis lady and she analyzes every single one. I'm like, she is, she is my source on TikTok and I actually trust her. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting to see the breakdowns of these apologies that have been posted and why they've been constructed in the way that they have. I remember the Adam Levine apology as well. I think there's a lot to be said about whether it's a story versus whether it's a grid post on Instagram as Mm. well. Grid makes me feel like they're more confident or they're mm. trying to own up to it a little bit more than a story 
Well, I think the interesting thing for the Lizzo case is it's an open investigation. So she can't really make direct comments Mm. about the allegations that are made and say, absolutely not. I completely disagree with this. Yeah, absolutely. So you have to be really, really careful when there's a case involved to not say the wrong thing that could harm your chances of getting what you want or need out of the case. Mm-hmm. So I think in the in Lizzo's instance, she had to be very, very specific yeah. about what she said. But it's still interesting to see the breakdown of from a PR perspective, why the message has been constructed the way it has and the where it might have fallen like, short as well. Yeah, it's super, super interesting. And then there are some PR public responses that are just like really shit and so they I don't think- address anything and it's like, okay, bye. It's like, why did you bother? Like, Yeah, and this is the thing, when there's irrefutable evidence that this person has done that thing and yeah. they still don't take responsibility for it, I think like, that's bro. where I lose a lot of respect <laughs> for Me artists too. and where it is easier to then want to boycott them or not yeah. separate the artist from the art because it's it's kind of more difficult to back them as a person, whereas I think if the, totally. there are more grey areas and it's a little bit more ambiguous, it's easier to separate the artist from the art because it's not as definitive. As usual, it's a case-by-case scenario. Yep. <laughs> and there's grey areas and it's, it's you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. It no, depends on isn't. the situation, <laughs> the person. There's so many variables and factors that come into play. <laughs> that is our trailer right there. <laughs> easy (laughs) and what a perfect note to end on literally i think that's all we have time for today (laughs) thank you guys for listening we'll put everything in the show notes socials email address all of our recommendations we can continue the conversation just come stalk us on socials and if you need advice on gray areas wear your girlies Remember, as always, to rate, review, subscribe. If you can do those things wherever you're listening to this right now, it really helps us out. Share this episode around with friends, family, workmates. Celebrities. I don't know. Anyone. Share it around. We appreciate you. (laughs) Otherwise, we're excited, as always, to take you along next time as we talk about other areas of life that might not always have a one-size-fits-all approach on It's a Definite Maybe. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.